Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have Luke Harlan with me. Luke is a well-sought-after, transformational mindset coach and speaker, freeing people from the common myths, misconceptions, and limiting beliefs, holding them back from creating the life of their dreams with absolute clarity, confidence, and direction. Thank you so much for being here today, Luke. Oh, it's a pleasure, doctor. Well, thank you so much for just coming on. And I'm so excited to dive into your journey of entrepreneurship. So if you could, in a nutshell, just give us a little rundown of how you got here today, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper. Oh, geez. That's how well I was born. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I don't want too far back, but I got here today. Um, I've always had an urge to like do things on my own. I love to work and I never liked the conventional school type, you know, atmosphere just felt limiting and restricting. And uh, I had some uh, turn of misfortune. I was in college and unfortunately I uh, had to leave some financial uh, struggles that my uh, parents went through. Uh, and it just, it just catapulted me into the workforce uh, inst instantaneously here. I was kind of enjoying the luxury of, you know um, you know, up to my own devices in school, you know, occasionally going to class and enjoying life to having to take full responsibility for everything about my life financially. Um, and in, in an instant, I had to grow up and I got a job and I worked within a company and I got to do everything within that company. And I matured from literally like the part-time mailroom type, you know, boy uh, to actually being an operations officer in about three years and then running and developing new, new, uh, new um, branches of that company. And that really gave me a taste for the inner workings of entrepreneurship and business within a confined structure so I could learn from other people, learn from my mistakes. Uh, but that gave me the taste. Um, so after that, I was tapped by a VC firm and went out and did some other great things uh, in other companies. Uh, got hit with the reality of some recessions, some uh, issues in the economy. Well, unfortunately, we had 9-11 happen. So that really, you know, there's so many different things kind of pivoted me across different platforms. But I knew that I was becoming so unemployable in my mind, mm -hmm. like, you know, where that the idea of being in a structured environment where I was had to show up and answer to other people when that just wasn't how I was wired. Uh, not that I'm not a team player and can work within an organization, but just I, I wanted something of my own. I always felt that I could create something and impact lives uh, sort of on my own terms. And I gravitated towards uh, the allure of, you know, the financial freedom, the risk reward, the time freedom, this autonomy, uh, this, that, that those sort of things. Some of it was born out of ego. Some of it was born out of just seeing other people, you know, do those things. It sounded really awesome to be an entrepreneur. Of course, it took me 10 years before I could actually spell it correctly, but like it just sounded really cool. It was like a water cooler talk. Um, but that just catapulted me through the ability to learn so many different disciplines and so many different skill sets, um, you know, how to relate to people, how to manage businesses, how to manage my own time, um, where I just got into a position uh, where I am now uh, through into transformational mindset coaching, uh, where I've gravitated away from helping businesses. Uh, achieve their objectives and top line revenues or things that I was brought into uh, in various positions from a digital marketing strategist now into, um, you know, a bunch of other areas. But now I, I get to affect people. So I, I get to help create their best lives and, you know, really go from that consultant role 
of, uh, you know, t- uh, telling them how to fish, or I'm sorry, giving them a fish to now like being the coaching role of teaching them how to fish. And that has really helped me bridge my gap in my entrepreneurship journey from that, the success that we're looking for to more of fulfillment, uh, that joy, passion, and purpose as I, you know, matriculate through of making, helping people create best lives and my own along in that journey from my own learning curve. So that kind of catches up the speed a little bit, I hope. Uh, <laughs> yes. I didn't want to take too much time. Um, no, no, it's perfect. And, you know, it's just so interesting how a lot of times I'll hear this from entrepreneurs where you're a team player, but you just like, you want your own thing. You want to yeah. be able to have that time freedom, but also the freedom to make those decisions and have your own thing, your own entity. But I love that you had all those experiences that led you to here today. But, you know, sometimes we're put in a situation where everything changes. So for college, being able to have to, you had to go into the workforce immediately based off of circumstances, but it was almost like that path was leading you to this path on entrepreneurship. And I I love that. And I think sometimes we don't really see it in that moment, but once we take a step back, (laughs) it's a little clearer. (laughs) Well, it's kind of like, you know, you know, what's the expression? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many times, so many things happened, um, you know, to knock you down, but it's just a task to get back up. And, you know, that's the differentiator. Do you let it, you know, how, how do you, do you react emotionally to it and you become a victim of the circumstances um, or do you take intentional action and you allow it to uh, kind of pause and have that reflective decision-making time to, to view it as, hey, here's an opportunity to grow through what I go through and to develop those skills and resilience and resolve and grit and tenacity that are going to make me you know, forge ahead and become better so I can help and impact other, other lives. Uh, and that's really the, the difference between, you know, kind of reacting and then intelligently responding. Um, and that, that's, that's a growth into itself. And it's one of the things I, I help my clients uh, separate and differentiate because it's the, the onus of the impetus uh, for them making decisions that are actually going to serve their goals as opposed to create, you know, um, subconscious obstacles and blocks in their life. Absolutely. And it goes back to, to making it an opportunity when we think it's a roadblock or a struggle. Sure. So I'm curious with anything that you've gone through, like through the years, have you had any roadblocks that have really made you pivot and shift what you were doing? Well, uh, yeah, I, me, that mirror, the darn mirror is uh, my greatest impediment and roadblock. And it, it wasn't until like I, I took ownership and accountability for my life because there's so many things that happened. I mean, went, went through 9-11 and that killed a VC dream. We were all going to be millionaires in golden parachutes and it killed the reinsurance market where I was in the space where you're in. Um, so, uh, you know, it was that victim mentality. Oh, the, the economy uh, or this thing's happened. I got a divorce. Uh, I was in the mortgage business, had a mortgage company. And then that just got handed to us in, in 08 where, you know, the entire catastrophic collapse of just misdoings and misdealings in the financial markets. Just, you know, here I was with two little kids in a house and, and living the life and all of a sudden it's, it's going to evaporate. And, you know, there, there, there are those times where you're like, why me, poor me. And then there was the greatest transformation within that was I started to realize and recognize, unfortunately, very kind of in the face that I was, that my life was a responsibility of all my decisions. And it wasn't until I read something by a guy named Jim Detmer called the 15 commitments of conscious leadership, where he talks about in the beginning of the book, something, a principle, I think Eckhart Tolle 
uh, went into talking about, which is the paradigm shift of life happening for us and life happening to us. And there was so much in my life when I look back and I get a little emotional about it because I realized there was so much lost opportunity because I treated everything from that victim mindset that, hey, I was better than this. Good things should happen to me because, you know, I'm alive, this sort of entitlement um, type features. And, oh, I'm going to blame it on the world why I'm not progressing or why things happen. And once I took ownership of the thoughts in my head, and realize that, wait a minute, I control those thoughts and those feelings. And then subsequently those decisions and actions that I take that I'm actually in control. I can't control the outside environment, but I can control my internal environment and that's my actions I take. So I think the biggest defining moment was embracing that paradigm shift and it didn't happen overnight. It was a concept that I was aware of, but I wasn't ready to enact. I wasn't ready to accept that accountability and responsibility because it's hard. You got to look at your wounds. You got to look at regrets and past decisions and you got to kind of be vulnerable to yourself and unpack that. But in unpacking that, as you know, as a therapist and a doctor and all those fun things, that's when we get our sense of control, power, and freedom back because we realize we can make adjustments. We can choose to do things differently and exercise our free will. So it's in all of those things where I got slapped down by the universe because I wasn't learning the lesson. That's the way I look at it now. Like those things that repeat itself, it's because you didn't learn the lesson. Uh, and then finally, when I embraced it, when those things happened, I didn't look at it as the, the roadblock or the obstacle. I, I removed myself as a roadblock and the obstacle. Not that I don't do dumb things. Not that I don't make <laughs> some <We're human>. <laughs> decisions. We're human. But at least I recognize um, the results of which, where they're coming from. And I can look at it more pragmatically and less emotionally um, and then make decisions based on bigger North Star goals and like future identities and visions that I have and then accept the responsibility that might not go to plan but that's part of the grand design is that I'm there to pivot and learn from each experience. Ooh, that was powerful. You know, it really goes back to like with the mirror aspect and understanding that we learn lessons over and over or are put with lessons that we might not take into account until it's sure. like keeps happening in that pattern and the cycle. And you're like, something needs to change. But I love that you really took yourself out of it and you looked at it as, okay, this is an opportunity versus an obstacle and being able to move through that. So it didn't repeat itself again and again, but being able to look at it differently and not be stuck in that, because I think that's so pivotal, especially transformational coaching as well, but being able to transform yourself first and helping others do the same as well, I think is so important. And I'm curious because you've had so much success for yourself, what about your clients? Do you have a one or two success stories you can share with us today? Sure. I mean, it's, it really boils down to giving people permission to think differently, an opportunity to kind of live that gut feeling that they're meant for more, to do more, to be more, to affect more. And um, one of my great clients, Dale, um, came to me um, from the marketing side. He was like, you know, I'm thinking about like, merchandising, you know, kind of this idea of around courage and leadership. He was a, a great leader, military personnel, very successful in business. He sold his business. He was into real estate. Here's a guy who's just like textbook, you know, gets it done, has it, it doesn't stop, nothing's going to stop him. But his vision was small because he didn't give permission to think bigger, or he just didn't have the awareness because of the clarity, insight, and perspective you can't give yourself. And so he comes to me saying, I want to put my logo on a coffee mug. And I look at him and I said, 
with everything you have, you should be leading a community to help business leaders grow and have courage and be fearless and embrace everything that you've learned over 25 years as a military leader, as a business leader and everything. There, what you have to say will resonate with so many people who are struggling with confidence, who are struggling with taking action, struggling that they're not alone in this world of trying to be the man when they have all the same feelings that are knocking us down like everyone else. So he took that to heart and with a year, he has a thriving community called Lion's Guide. Um, he's a leader and all these things. And I can't take credit. All I did was plant the seed of opportunity um, mm -hmm. and perspective by saying you are so much more than the confines of what's already out there. You got to give your per permission. And a lot of times I, it's knowledge, it's information. Um, because I tell my clients, like, if you had 10 Legos, how many things can you build? Well, not many. The problem is, is that you have this drive to create these masterpieces, these tall, you know, earth shattering, you know, ceiling shattering, you know, buildings and concepts, but you only have 10 Legos. So the drive is there, the, inert, the you know, that's all inside and it's bubbling and boiling to come out, but you only got the 10 Legos. So you don't think you can. Mm -hmm. And or, I don't think I know how, and you keep coming up with the same conclusions and you keep doing the same things. So I said, open your mind up. Once you're curious and open adaptive, like we were kids, then you can learn more, talk to more people, you know, podcast, this show, everything. And then suddenly you have a hundred Legos and then your opportunities exponentially expand. And now you have more pieces to put together. And then you're inviting other people to help you assemble the Legos and you build community and teams. And it's just a fascinating thing that it all starts with being open and ready to adapt and adopt and being curious to new information instead of holding your ground and defending what you know and just entering that, that state, which we go from the, you know, um, unconscious and competent to the conscious and competent. And we raise our hands and that's basically saying, hey, I don't know what I don't know. Can somebody help me? And there's so many people out there who are willing and ready to help you. And you don't have to be the first person through the minefield, no matter what you want to do in life, someone else has already navigated the successful path. That's why there are coaches, coaches and therapists and mentors and courses and programs and instruction out there because we can take that knowledge, but we really need instruction. But first, we need permission to think we can. And that's where I start out in the fundamentals uh, with my clients is giving them that permission. So Dale is just a success story of me cracking the door and giving him the opportunity to see that he was to reflect and put a mirror in front of him to see he, he was so much more than what he was confining, what I like to say, the self-built mind prison. You've created these walls, these, you know, these barriers uh, that really only exist in your head. And this is why we take, this is why we can't take compliments. It's because everyone else can see the greatness or our potential. And we can never appreciate that because we, we're limited in how we look at ourselves. So that's, that's a, so that Dale is probably the, one of the best like uh, stories because he had all the ingredients and the puzzle pieces. He just didn't know how to create a new picture. Oh, yes. No, you're absolutely right. When you look at it too, a lot of times we don't see our own potential. And that's the beautiful thing of coaches, mentors, and being able to really hold the mirror up and say, look, look at what yeah. you can accomplish. And I love the example of the Legos too, because I think a lot of times we get so like tunnel vision or narrow thinking yeah. versus yeah. like looking outside the box of what's sure. possible. And that's like, I love that. That's what you've helped Dale with and being able to understand his true potential. I mean, that's just one example of many, I'm sure, but being able to really recognize that people can take the opportunity instead mm -hmm. of looking at it as, okay, well, this is all I can do. I'm limited or the victim mentality or anything like that. Not to say he had that, but 
really being able to look at it of like, well, how can we maximize this? How can we help more people and impact more people? And that's exactly what it sounds like you were really helping Dale with and all your clients really see that true potential so they can make that transformation internally to externally as well. Now it's, it's just, it's amazing. And that's that, and that gives me my transition from the success markers or what we believe to be successful. Everyone has their different, bent, you know, the tick mm -hmm. boxes in life, right. but we come to this point in life where we want to more, we, we want more and be more and do more. And that actually comes from fulfillment. It's that passion purpose. It doesn't have to be tied to your vocation, but how do we, you know, how do you wake up in the morning and just like, I want to attack life and like, feel about it and the emotional connection and yeah. to reward yourself because we're so wired to give to others and a lot of times yeah. we're trying to pour from an empty cup and there's nothing left for us and yes. we're taught that sometimes mm -hmm. that's selfish but i always know you have to be a little bit selfish to be selfless you know i can't love someone if i don't love myself i can't help others like the notion of like there's nobility in being poor i can't help the poor if i'm poor so you know, the abundance mentality, the more I have, the more I can give, the more I can pay it forward. And that's the inevitably, you know, this is one of my favorite quotes was from Zig Ziglar, an old time, you know, sales trainer is that the, you know, I believe his quote was something along the lines, the more people I help get what they want, you'll always get what you want, like to achieve their success. And that's the pay it forward model. And if you do that without quid pro quo, without expecting a return, that's how you put it out in the universe. And then you just seem to get rewarded. And that's just kind of the law of reciprocity. And it, it also allows you to be authentic and genuine and not always be thinking transactional, but transformational and relational. Yes. And, you know, you said something really important about success because you're right. Everyone has a different definition of success, but it's showing up and like feeling fulfilled to like the purpose, the clarity, the confidence in yourself. Sure. And it doesn't have to be just work. It's how you live your life every day because you could have everything, all the money in the world. But if you don't feel fulfilled internally, that is going to show up every day. Well, we, we link our identities to the superficial all the time. Yeah. It's like somebody says like, oh, you know, they're that person because they're overweight or they're fat. Does that mean they're a bad person? Does that mean they're, and no, it doesn't change their identity. It's just, it's a, phys it's a physical feature and they can change that. Same yeah. thing, you know, uh, you know, there's so many different areas of, you know, you can apply that to. It's, you know, you don't, you're not your job. If you're, especially an entrepreneur, and this is really critical for entrepreneurs to understand this, our barometer of our self-value is directly tied to our work. If we're failing at work, we consider ourselves a failure. If we're succeeding at work, we consider ourselves success. And that is just a very dangerous, dangerous game to play. You're, no, you're on a learning curve. You're on a journey. Life's going to knock you down. Yeah. Your only failure is not learning the lesson. There's no failure. It's just an opportunity to grow and you know, treat those obstacles as opportunities to you know, grow through what you go through. And I know it. I, I catch myself allowing my emotional connection, not to not be happy to have successes in business, but mm -hmm. to not let my identity be determined by that success that I'm good enough or not good enough. And that, and that's very, it's a dangerous game because an entrepreneur, it is hundred percent personal. Everything you do has your blood, sweat and tears in, into it. You can't blame anyone else. And if you do, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. And so you got to take responsibility, but you also got to give yourself grace and space to acknowledge that you're on a learning curve, that sometimes things won't go well and you're going to learn from it and that the successes you have are usually born on the, the kind of the shoulders of other people that have helped carry you to where you, you're going. Because we, even though 
we do it alone. We don't do it alone. If that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's complicated. And that's the entrepreneurship <laughs> journey is a hard one. And that's why it is, it's all glamour until you actually start doing it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I believe that. And, you know, I love that you brought up failure because, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so much failure, but it's not, it's reframing that too, because sure. it's the lessons learned exactly what you said. It's really about knowing, okay, well, this didn't work, but maybe tweaking something and that's going to change it, but not tying your identity to one thing, mm -hmm. because when one thing doesn't work out, it's going to ripple effect and impact everything and crumble, but really mm -hmm. being able to define your life on multiple platforms, whether it's family, life, your health, your business, everything, because again, success means different things to different people, sure. but realizing too, as an entrepreneur, there's more times you're going to fail than not fail, <laughs> um, at well, least in my experience. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone other, can relate. Yeah. Well, the other thing is it, a lot of times it comes down to ego too and the chip oh, on yeah. your shoulder because you're trying yeah. to prove to everyone else who said you can't do it. That's not safe. What are you going to do? Small businesses collapse. You should get a real job. You know, mm -hmm. you get, and, and those are, you know, those are just mom and dad and your spouse, like those are your closest people who are, you know, just out of their fear uh, for your safety are projecting their limitations upon you. And we understand how projection works, but at the end of the day, we're fighting this battle of ego a lot of times to be successful and prove everyone right, you know, prove everyone wrong while we're trying to prove our methodologies right. But a lot of times we get so, uh, you know, inter interconnected to the method in which we're trying to achieve our outcome that we lose focus that the results and the outcome is actually what we need to be focused on versus how we get there. And sometimes we need to abandon or pivot or switch how we're getting there. That's not working because we're, we don't need to die on that hill, die on that product or that service. A lot of time the marketplace comes back and says, no, we don't want that. We don't want that in that form or fashion, or we don't want to hear it from you. And that's a harsh reality, but that is being perceptive to what the market wants and giving them, and then being able to drop the ego and say, how can I reconstruct this in the way that they want it and then deliver it to achieve? These are just leverage points. Your, your sales, your services, your consulting, your coaching are just lever or you're just leveraging value to achieve what you really want to achieve, that peace of mind, that time freedom, that financial freedom, the ability to give, to do, and to live the life on your terms. It's having free will and choice. So you'll, you got to eat the sandwich. You got to eat the, I won't say what kind of sandwich you got to eat, you know, the, 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 the stuff in the middle that's work. That's, that is going to not taste so good. And you got to swumble, you know, swallow that humble pie to get where you want to go and figure out what's the best, best way to get there and not, tie your identity, your emotions to those leverage points, but just refine them until they start working to deliver the results that you're keeping focused on. That's where your North star should be. That's where your head should be. That's where the positivity should be. It's going to take work. And unfortunately that's not the dream that's sold. It's all Instagram, instant millionaires, get on TikTok, do this, you know, anyone can start a business. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. And we've learned some harsh lessons. Not everyone is wired to be an entrepreneur and that is a hundred thousand percent. Okay because you can be an entrepreneur. You can be within a company and still have that self-improvement, that personal development, upping your value. I mean, Zig Ziglar also said, there's a great quote from, it's like, you may not sign the check, but you're putting in the value. You're putting in the amount on that line. So you can always be the CEO of you incorporated and you get to choose every morning when you wake up, how you're gonna run the business inside your head within the business of an organization and then still have those goals and strategies. So anyway, that's just, you know, those are the fights that we have as an entrepreneur because we've all had those days where 
damn it, punching a clock from nine to five sure sounds good. You know, having weekends off, you know, um, but that, you know, that's, that's the dilemma. It's the entrepreneurs and the innovators dilemma. Yeah, no, it's the quote that's like, well, you can work 40 hours for someone else or 80 for yourself. And that's that's the reality. You know, it's not like the pretty pictures on like social media. It's really all the stuff that happens behind the scenes that not everyone is seeing that they think, oh, wow, they're instant overnight success or they blew up virally on like TikTok or anything. But really understanding, too, that it's the work that you put in day in, day out that people aren't seeing. Some people put the behind the scenes, but majority of the time you're seeing the highlight reels of somebody's life as well. Because I mean, a lot of people don't want to post all the terrible things that might be happening that day, but then they're able to flip it and see that, okay, well, they weren't terrible. It was just, I was dealing with something. It was frustrating, didn't work, but I was able to overcome it. Yeah. It's consistency over time. That's all it is. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the formula. There's no overnight yeah. success. It's it, they're the outliers. They're the complete outliers. Yeah. And you're in, but you're sold on this. You're sold on you know the original Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. It yeah. no one starts out with a four hour work week. They start yeah. out with the eighty hour work week, and they learn systems and they learn what they really want. They learn what they want to do, what they want to outsource. They get the economics so they can go from having you know resourcefulness to resources. And, the, and they can level up and they can scale and then they can, you know, define their time and, and minimize it. But it doesn't start out of the gate that way. And that's what's being sold, which is really unfair uh, to the person who has that, uh, you know, who's eager and wants to be independent and wants that autonomy. Um, but it's like I, I, I've seen before. It's like, what are you willing to trade for the next year or two? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to put aside to live the rest of your life the way you want it to live? Mm-hmm. You know? And that, and that comes to, that's delayed gratification and having the discipline uh, to have delayed gratification is a skill and it takes a tremendous amount of work because we're used to, you know, we, we're biologically wired to, um, you know, seek pleasure and avoid pain. And so when we see any opportunity to give ourselves pleasure immediately, that's hardwired into us. Uh, so to hold off on that uh, for a bigger goal takes discipline. It takes work. It takes, you know, guidance. And that's something that many of us don't have the ability to do unless our why is super high, uh, why we want to do it. And we got to define those. And yes, you're right. It's about the why. And I'm curious too, because living life on your terms, how are you able to integrate work, life, family, everything that's going on in your world on a day-to-day basis? Planning, time blocking, (laughs) a, a lot of techniques that I wasn't very good at at first. Um, what was really prioritizing, but the foundationally I had to prioritize, prioritize, um, what do I want? Why do I want it? And how's it going to make me feel to achieve it before creating the plan for it? So, and I could take that in any facet of life. What do I want with my, you know, uh, my relationship with my sons? What do I want out of that? You know, why do I want that? And how's it going to feel when I achieve that? And I can do those three questions. Those are the three questions I ask my clients. And we have to go from the 30,000 foot to the real, the deep meaning, you know, and there's exercises we really take them through. In fact, everyone could do a, there's a great exercise online called seven levels deep um, that you can just say, what is the premise? Is it business? Is it family? Is it recreation? Is it um, community? Is it my faith? Is it my health? And you can take any one of these facets of your life and ask these questions to really drill down to what's that really core thing that you want. And once you've isolated it, then you can create a plan for it. And that's what I did is I said, what are my priorities right now? You know, and you only can have two or three at the most. 
um, you know, in life, you, you just can't have anymore. You don't have the time, the energy that you never, you can do five things. Okay. You can do two to three things really, really well. Um, so how have I balanced it? Uh, is that I don't segment it in my head. It's all part of the grand picture of living my best life. So if, if I'm called away for work versus family versus this, I, I know there's, it's all for the, the good of the purpose. And so I can, I, but I definitely carve out times and do deep work. Uh, I work on myself, my health. I work on my client work and building new things. And then I carve out time for family and social to have that human interaction connection for, if you don't have that, what the hell is all this for? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, driving, you know, you know, taking a vacation by yourself is not really the thing that I'm looking to do. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's, it, it, it's really prioritizing once you prioritize and then you let go of the superficial trappings of what others are doing. Um, because remember, you're not like others. You aren't. Uh, and this is why you gravitating to entrepreneurial groups and owner operators and listening to uh, great podcasts and shows like this one, when you're surrounded by a community of like-minded people who get it, that you are alone. You're on an island, usually within your sphere of influence that you're doing things they aren't doing. You're willing to not binge two hours of network Netflix because you're creating that blog post or you're trying to figure out how to create customer value or you're doing your, you know, shoe leather marketing, um, you know, or you're building that crib because you just had a baby and no one else is doing it for you. You're doing the things that you have to do to serve your priorities and no one else's. And you should be completely unapologetic of how you go about that because it's your life. No one else is living it. And we spend too much time worrying about the judgment of what other people think who have no involvement. They're not paying your bills. They're not creating your friendships. They're not getting you clients. They're not putting food on the table. They're not putting clothes on your back. Yet we give them this power. We give away our power um, to be subjugated to what other people think who honestly couldn't care less. Um, So that's a lot of times you just have to forge that new identity. And it's hard to abandon the conventions and the trappings of social interaction that Friday night is drink night and Mondays suck and Sundays are sitting on your ass. And no, when you want the life you want, they're 24 hours in a day and they're gone every single day. You need to choose your priorities and invest in what you really want. How do you want to live life? And you're going to have an extraordinary life well past ordinary. And you're not going to give a crap that you didn't watch Game of Thrones. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) That is so true. And, you know, I think you just touched on something super important. It's prioritizing. And I always say, like, put yourself at the top of the priority list, but it's focusing on two or three things. Like in the beginning, I was always focusing on, oh, I'm helping this person and that person versus like helping myself in like growing my businesses. But I think too, it's just so important that you said that it's where do your priorities lie? Is it living a life that everybody else is living or living the life on your terms and what you want and knowing that it's a path that you're paving. It's not paved for you. You're creating that. And that's what I'm hearing you're saying too, is really about just being able to go against what the society thinks and everybody else thinks, but what is true in your heart and following that. And I think you said it so wonderful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, My pleasure. Lessons learned. (laughs) Yes. So many, right. We could probably write like volumes of books (laughs) of the lessons learned. Um, But what are two or three things that you wish you would have known in the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey that you know now? Uh, (laughs) Speaking of volumes. (laughs) Well, well, I think, well, a lot of it's just maturing, you know, but I I would, I would have to say that the the first thing would have been probably is to drop the ego is to really, you know, is to don't think there's any sort of entitlement because you're an entrepreneur that you're going to have to work twice as hard. Um, is being is really being realistic about what you're getting involved in and not 
from a standpoint of telling your friends or water cooler talk. Um, but the first thing is getting in your own business is, is doing the due diligence and talking to other people who've gone through the scapes, you know, the, the, um, the scrapes and bruises and those sort of things. It's like kids when they see their parents successful and don't realize that when they're, when they were little, you're living in a one bedroom apartment, eating, you know, table scraps while your parents worked their butts off and got degrees and did these things. But you're only remembering the, the good times 20 years later. And you think that's just how life you, you miss the 20 years it took them to get there. Um, and it's the same thing with entrepreneurship is you look at the final product of the people that you want to emulate the people that, Hey, I want to be like that person, or I want to practice like that, or I want a business that's doing these things. You don't see, like you said before, they're not showing you the scars and the growing pains. They're not seeing the bad decisions. They're not seeing the failures, the bankruptcies, uh, the partnership breaks, the, you know, time they drop the ball with their biggest clients. You're not seeing the, the wounds of that growth mechanism of entrepreneurship. So I think it's to, is that that first one is to do your due diligence, know what you're diving into with sort of as much healthy perspective as you can, and then understand that there's going to be a lot more lean times before the good times. And that's just the growth of anything. And you got to be willing to invest. So that's the one thing I, if I jumped into it in like the entrepreneur fashion, like you jump off the cliff and then you build the wings, you build the parachute, um, you know sometimes that's not the best right you should have at least the parachute materials when you jump off the cliff yeah. you know a little pl prior planning prevents piss poor performance and i think uh, i've been guilty of that um because you're so gung-ho you're so excited i'm gonna do this uh, the second thing i learned something i mentioned before is that you can't be in love with your baby you can't tie your identity to what you think the market will want what you think everyone needs because it's you in, in the harsh reality, the market determines what it wants. Um, your mom may think you're special. The marketplace will only think you're special if you're providing value that's going to serve their immediate needs, solve a problem, um, or, or you know, create a better situation for themselves. Because everyone is, you know, we all heard that tuned into WIIFM. What's in it for me? Consumers are looking. All, all we are as providers are problem solvers. Consumers are looking for someone to solve their problem. It's about their life and making their life better. Who gives it to them and provides it? That's a benefit if you're a good guy or a good woman or something like that. But at the end of the day, they care about their, their themselves. And that's that's exactly where they need to be. So that, that's the first thing is dropping who you are in the equation and focus on providing value to the marketplace that's not tied to your identity. So you can test um, in a vacuum. You can test unbiasedly. You can test un unattached emotionally um, to what you're doing to see what works. Uh, and then drive what works and then be the best at it. I love those. I think those are so important too, like dropping the ego, focusing on what the market wants versus what you think you might want. Um, it's about that, yeah. but also just being able to really look around your circle, what you're doing, what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. But those were amazing. So thank you for sharing them. Sure. Um, and we are going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Uh-oh. <laughs> So the first question is, what motivates you to work smarter? I have two mantras on my board every morning. The first one is, how can I improve? And the second one is, who can I serve? Mm -hmm. So that's what drives my every day. It's, if I'm not meeting those two criteria, how do I make myself better, more value? And how many, you know, who can I serve uh, with, with those skills? And that just drives it because it's the bedrock of everything I do. Everything I create, everything I market, everything I communicate, every service or value point I deliver, whether it's communicating to my children, my neighbors, my clients. Um, if I'm not getting better, I can't give better. I can't evolve. I can't appreciate. If you're not growing, you're dying in a lot of ways. Uh, so if I'm not kind of feeding myself uh, to give to others, then my cup is going to run dry and I'm not going to be 
uh, of service to the second part, which is who can I impact and be a value today? Yes, so spot on. And if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers? Uh, <laughs> my 14 year old brain just went in another direction. Uh, but it's, uh, I, I honestly, it, it, the, this, it would be the ability to heal. And I say, because whenever I, I've always had this thing, like if I could heal all past, present wounds and traumas, you know, not to the sense of immortality, but to take pain away. Uh, I, I think that's like a quality of empathy that I approach um, people with now. I didn't always have it. I was always, you know, more self-focused. Um, but if I can meet people at an empathetic level and understand what they're going through, I can at least articulate and communicate and hopefully better serve them or point them in a direction of people who can. So if I had any superpower, it would probably be that high EQ. Um, but if I had like, you know, in a fantastical, super unnatural way, if I could just heal them on the spot and just remove that pain, because that pain, whether it's emotional or physical, is blocking them from becoming their best selves, which is kind of a divine gift that they're, they were created to give the world. Uh, and whether it's a psychological block or actually physical or sometimes both, uh, that's what I look to, at least in the transformational mindset coaching world, is, is how can we unclutter and give clarity purpose and drive and insight to our clients that they can see how amazing they are and just have the courage to execute uh, without the barriers um, once we get them removed. That's beautiful. That would be a beautiful power to have. And I think it's necessary. Um, so if you were to share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Wow. Did I, did I say I wanted this question? Jeez. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. Is there another question? Oh, <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, this is one that uh, any four people, there's so many just amazing, pragmatic people. Uh, in the world that have given so much. And, you know, you, you go to, you know, the leaders and all these things in the trenches, um, you know, comes to mind is, you know, like Gandhi, you know, here's a person who I never, I didn't start out in life with a lot of patience and had a lot of judgment and a lot of baggage. And here, here's someone who's just practiced, uh, you know, the ability just of peace. Not that I, I don't believe there's, there's times for, the opposite uh, to achieve certain goals, but just from a mindset perspective mm -hmm. of just having that tranquility and really understanding our place in, the, uh, in being in life. Um, I, th I think he would be a person that would definitely affect and change me. Um, and that's, that's the criteria for who would I want to sit around is where, where can I draw from the well that I've never been exposed to or from the, the pure sense of it to give me the enlightenment at that level? Because if I know I change, I can pass it along just like a ripple in a pond. Uh, and I'm a small pebble, but if everyone's a small pebble, that, that ripple is just going to continue. Um, uh, let me think of one more. I don't want to take too much time for the four people. Um, honestly, it, I think Nelson Mandela, um, because he really touched, I read a, a large article in, about mindset is that he always would say that, you know, he may have been in prison, but he was never imprisoned in his mind. So someone who could actually fortify and create the construct in their mind while they're physically imprisoned to live a happy, thoughtful life and actually take enjoyment within his head would be fascinating to understand how that works. Um, because there's so many times that we're just, you know, bombarded by uh, negativity uh, or by the inclination of others, selfishness or, you know, ignorance and around and we just have to figure out how do we, we can't remove them from our lives to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. uh, we can turn off the TV, but we can't really remove ourselves. A lot of people who are close to us who may uh, have different thoughts and beliefs than us. And it just to be able to uh, kind of fortify 
and uh, create a happy space that's not as penetrable uh, would be just kind of an amazing ability. Uh, and I know other people have touched on that, but when I see someone who goes through real world experience, it's better than just a lecturer of repeating information to people who've gone through it. I just have a certain sort of kinship because I've been through so much and I know it resonates better with my clients and it's more authentic. Not that the knowledge is any different, um, but I think we gravitate towards those who've had similar experiences who, uh, that we trust to walk us through their journey as we've successfully done ours. Yeah, no, I think that would be a fascinating table as well. Just even with those two individuals are such powerhouses in their own right, but being able to get that enlightenment and learn from different walks of life, I think that's what it's about. Yeah, it's it's all about learning, which is very contrary to how I started matriculating in school. I can tell you that my dad, my 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 dad, who's no longer with us, is rolling rolling his eyes because yeah, Mm. (laughs) he's like couldn't couldn't get you to do homework with a gun to your head, son. Now all you do is read books and learn stuff. What the hell? Yeah, we all have the ability to change, right? (laughs) Well, I I think that's that's the yeah that's the life lesson here is that. we were meant to change. And when we hold on to it, that creates a, a friction. It's like throwing an anchor um, into the past that drags us into the present and kills uh, our future with anxiety. Our past is full of depression and our present just get muted. We don't live in a present. We live in, in two states that aren't real. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So speaking of learning and constantly developing, what is yeah. the last book that you've read or listened to? Oh, you know what? I had to, I'm going to be so cliche here. Yeah, that I literally just went back to one of my favorites, which is uh, Think and Grow Rich oh. by Napoleon Hill. Yeah, I was um, just reading that. <laughs> and uh, I, I probably reread it and there's like notes and highlights and all sorts of tabs in this one. I, I have multiple copies because I c- tend to lose them around the house. Um, I went back to that because I really needed to center myself as far as, you know, my getting clarity of purpose and then, you know, some manifestation, just clarity. There's so many things in that instructional uh, methodology uh, uh, within Think and Grow Rich that I needed to go back to the basics. Sometimes, and this is kind of a cautionary tale for entrepreneurship as well, is we gravitate to the really cool stuff. We gravitate to the widgets and the CRMs and the electronics and the massive ability, and we get suckered into the entrepreneur ADD of the next shiny object. And the problem is, is those are tools. And then there's skills. There's only three things we have in life. It's mindset, skill set, and tool set. And the problem is, is if our mindset isn't correct, if we don't ground ourselves in fundamental principles of how our mind operates, of what we need to focus on to develop the radar, the intentionality um, to use um, our reticulated activating system, that GPS center of the brain that goes after and provides the awareness of opportunity that's already around you so it's not closed off. So you can be seeking and problem solving 24 hours a day in your subconscious. We're not using these amazing tools based on the fundamentals, many of which are just outlined and detailed and you know instructional order uh, in this great uh, timeless classic uh, for business people and entrepreneurs is that we forget to do these things. And it's kind of like, Da Vinci not knowing what the you know primary colors are and then trying to paint the masterpiece is that we jump ahead of, of, of the growth that we need to understand, embrace, practice, and execute, and then redo that until it becomes an ingrained habit and behavior. Um, and that's why I went back to that one because that's a mindset, that's your education, and that breeds into skill sets, which is is just skill set is just the avocation of a of a learned ability that you can provide. 
And then there's tool sets, which is leverage that ability for you to be, um, you know, either do it exponentially or more efficiently or effectively or to, to scale to a larger group of people. And the problem is, is we get so excited about the skill sets and the tool sets. I'm going to learn this and use this massive tool that we forget the fundamentals of business and the fundamentals of our mindset, which is goes back to the three questions. What is it you really, really want in this life? Why do you want it? And how is it going to make you feel? Yes, feel to achieve it. And until you have the bedrock of that foundation, you can't go to the graduate level skills and tools. You can't because you're going to misappropriate them. You're going to hit singles and doubles. You're not going to hit home runs with it because you're not going to know fully functionally how to use that and put an alignment for mindset to skill set to tool set to achieve your objectives. So going back to the basics sometimes is exactly what you need. And that's what I needed to do. I absolutely needed to do because I was having foggy. I wasn't having clarity on some of my next you know, matriculations in the business and how I wanted to serve. And the more foggy it got, I realized that I had to go back to the basics uh, to get that clarity and that insight again. Um, and then have, and have talks because coaches need coaches. Yeah. You need to talk. You, you, you can't do it alone. It's like proofreading a paper, guys. If you proofread a paper, you're going to substitute naturally the missing words and things like that, that you can't see. You have no perspective on your own work. That's why talking to other people is so, so critically important is to get that perspective and to see what you can't see because you're too close to it. You're absolutely right. And final question, what <laughs> is, um, so if you were to think of an animal and describe yourself as an animal, personality type, style, what animal would you be? Oh, geez. I, you know what? I gravitate towards a rhinoceros. Yeah. And okay. I, 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 okay. And I, my sophomore humor, I used to say it's because I'm 3,000 pounds and horny, but that, you know, that's, you know, that's the low level side. The high side of it is um, I read a book uh, a long time ago uh, from 1970s uh, called Rhinoceros Success. And it really talked about the attitude and the self awareness of the rhinoceros that it's not the fastest, it's not the prettiest but it has a drive and a mission. It has a purpose. It's not a cow that sits around waiting to get slaughtered. It's, you know, it's someone who goes out there and takes care of themselves, takes care of their family. They're very family oriented creatures. Um, they look tough, uh, but they're just like any other animal. There's like soft on the inside, even though they have that hard exterior. And I just sort of grabbed a lot of those things were like, yes, I've evolved over the years. But when I look at myself as the perception of wanting sort of that thick armor as an entrepreneur is that you have to develop thicker and thicker skin because the, the more you say in the world, especially with social media, the more you get out there and kind of proclaim your value. And I know you're unsure of what you're saying. And uh, a lot of times you have that imposter syndrome, like who am I to say these things? Cause you don't feel like you're always, you're always trying to gravitate to some level of some perceived expert or guru but you're gonna take heat for it because when you say something worthwhile, you're gonna get the feedback, the, crit the criticism, the haters out there who are projecting sometimes their own insecurities, or you have the real critique and feedback which you should learn from and listen to. But you gotta develop that thick skin uh, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur. So the rhinoceros, uh, you know, it's just this big, tough animal, not the prettiest, but it's, it's going to get its stuff done. And it's definitely higher on the food chain. So <laughs> I don't know. That, that's for sure. <laughs> it's, uh, well, good decision. I, you're right. It's about having thick skin because you can't, you're going to fall down and you have to get back up if you really want this. But Luke, where can people find you, hire you, use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. 
Oh, actually, best place to go is, is my website, which is lukeharlancoaching.com, L-U-K-E-H-A-R-L-A-N, coaching.com. There you're going to have so many different resources. There's a free master class. There's a mastermind newsletter, uh, Mindset Mastery, uh, that you can learn more about the programs, the courses, the coaching, everything else is going to be on that site. And you can jump out to social media, et cetera, if you want to follow me there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for coming on today, sharing all your wisdom. You had so many great stories and just understanding to the depths of being an entrepreneur, the good and the bad and everything in between. (laughs) Um, But you persevered. And thank you so much again for your time, your energy and just all your wisdom today. Oh, it is absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Luke today? I'm sure he would love to read your comment and we'll see you on the next video.